Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald, and we are continuing on in our study of the right kind of faith. And this devotional is titled, Scriptural Examples of a Counterfeit Faith. Tragically, there are those who say, I know him, speaking of the Lord, I know him, and are found to be liars, 1 John 2, 4. These are spiritual liars, and the Apostle John, who inspired, was inspired to write 1 John 2, 4, also wrote Revelation 21, 8. We read there, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. Liars are those who claim faith in Jesus Christ, but they lie. Note some biblical examples of a counterfeit faith. Number one, Cain. Cain, he worshiped the Lord, supposedly. Chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. He conversed with the Lord, Genesis 4, 6. He rejected the Lord. He was of the wicked one, the Bible says, and served as an example of one who does not have eternal life. Note, Cain certainly believed intellectually in the Lord and, in fact, was a phony worshiper. So we see from this example that a saving faith is more than simply objectively acknowledging the reality of the one true God. Cain certainly did that, but he was not a true worshiper. He had a counterfeit faith. Number two, Pharaoh. He confessed his sin, recognized the Lord as righteous, Exodus 9.27. Yet he did not really reverence God in his heart and remained hardened. Pharaoh again admitted his sin later and recognized the Lord, but not as his personal God. In the New Testament, Pharaoh is an example of those who harden themselves and reject God, thereby being fitted to destruction, Romans chapter 9. Pharaoh is an example of those who acknowledge God and their sin only because they're hurting or because they want something. Intellectually and emotionally, he was forced to admit God's lordship, but his will, his heart, was not there in terms of allegiance. Number three, Korah. He volunteered for service, considered himself holy, and recognized the Lord. Numbers 16. But in challenging the God-ordained leadership of Moses and Aaron, the Lord showed who was truly holy and who was wicked, who were his and who were not. Korah is an example of those who are twice dead, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever, Jude 11-13. He claimed to believe in and serve the Lord, but his whole life was really self-oriented. Balaam, number four, Balaam. He came across as a man of some convictions. I mean, he met with the Lord. He spoke of and for the Lord. He bowed in reverence, quote-unquote reverence, and admitted his sin, Numbers 22. However, Peter used him as an example of those for whom black darkness is reserved forever, 2 Peter 2, 15 through 17. He certainly believed in the Lord in a sense, but God was not his Lord. Number five, the people of Isaiah's day. They gave lip service and went through the motions, but their hearts were far from God. 
Jesus applied Isaiah's message to the religious people of his day, saying they were hypocrites and their worship was in vain. Matthew 15, 7 through 9. These people certainly claim to believe. They practice a form of godliness. Number six, the people of Ezekiel's day. They came to the worship services and acted like God's people. They listened to the message. They professed to embrace it, but their heart was going another direction. Their religion was a means of entertainment with no real thought of applying it to their lives. Ezekiel 33, 31, and 32. James says that if we are hearers only and not doers of the word, we deceive ourselves. Number seven, Judas, a classic counterfeiter. He knew the reality of God's power in his life in a most unusual and unique way. He preached in the name of the Lord. He was the man who had an honored position of being the group's treasurer in charge of the bag. No one suspected that Judas might be a betrayer. And in fact, he had everyone, except the Lord, so fooled that they had no idea what he was up to when he left the Last Supper. Judas admitted his sin and hung himself. Jesus called Judas a devil and the son of perdition, pronounced woe upon him and said it would have been good for him never to have been born. Number eight, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Many will say, Lord, Lord, and even go through the motions of serving him, but it's not real in their hearts. Calling Jesus Lord and knowing him as Lord are two different things. While calling Jesus Lord, these people lead a double life and are said by Jesus to be those who practice lawlessness. To them, Jesus will say, I never knew you. Number nine, Matthew 23, 25-27. Jesus pronounced woe, indicating severe judgment against the religious hypocrites who tried to make it look good on the outside, but on the inside they were full of uncleanness and hypocrisy. Jesus was the hardest on these religious hypocrites. Hypocrisy is pretending to be what you are not and thus exhibits a counterfeit faith. Number 10, Luke 8, 13 and 15. Some initially received the word with joy, but there's no root. There's the problem. No heart root. No root. They believe for a while, but when the testing of temptation comes, they fall away. This is in contrast to those who receive the word with an honest and good heart and who hold fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Note the expectation is that the genuine will persevere and will bear fruit. Now we're not saved by fruit, but rather by faith alone. However, if the faith is real, there will be good fruit that follows. As the reformers were known to say, we are saved by faith alone but the faith that saves does not remain alone. For now, this is Pastor Dwight Oswald signing off.